had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose So when I hear that devil's Hello and welcome to the Financial Literacy Show with your host, Hubert McIntosh, CPA, a member of SOFA, the Society for Financial Awareness, bringing financial education to America, one community at a time. Now here's your host, Hubert McIntosh. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us again on this beautiful Friday afternoon in South Florida. We are in Palm City, Florida, and I know some of you are listening nationwide, so, you know, I know sometimes I feel bad in sharing with you how beautiful our weather is. You know, it's 71 degrees today. I was speaking to a friend the other day and he told me it was 14 degrees below. So, but we're in South Florida. Thank you for joining us on the Financial Literacy Program sharing, sharing financial education with you. This is our third week. And last week we spoke about Medicare, the the changes in Medicare for 2020 and Social Security. The week before we gave you an introduction of what the program will be like. These lovely folks at this station, WCNO, in beautiful Palm City, WCNO.com. They have allowed me, so for the next six months, we're going to be on the air every Friday at 4 p.m. sharing with you financial education. There have been studies, and you can even Google it yourself, in the sense that as Americans, we are so financially illiterate. And sometimes when I say that word illiterate, some people think it's a derogatory word. All it's simply saying is just that we are ignorant. And even that may sound derogatory, but it's not. It just shows that as Americans, we are not very illiterate. So what we are hoping to accomplish with this program, we are coming under SOFA. We are SOFA's mission, as you hear Ms. Karen just said, The mission is to bring financial literacy in America, one community at a time. So we have started with this community where we can share some wisdom and some insights with you so that you will know things that you did not know before. We're live. We're in the studio. Toll free. You can call us 1-888-221-8990-888. 221-8990 and locally 772-221-1100 772-221-1100 we have also created a website where that sometimes individuals may not want to come on the air or reach out but they have a question you can go to financialeducational.com financialeducational.com And we have a link there where you can link to listen to the program. Yes, we have the radio link there and you can contact us. You can put any questions that you have for us in there and we will certainly get back to you. But I want to encourage you with your questions to call in because sometimes you may be hesitant about calling in. 
But I want to assure you, if that question is on your mind, it's on many people's mind. So you will be doing others a favor also in that. You will be asking the question for them, and I'm sure they will appreciate it. So we're going to go in. So what are we going to do today? Today, we're going to summarize. I'm going to summarize what we spoke about because last week I threw a lot of numbers at you. We're going to still throw some numbers at you today, but it's going to be minimal. We're going to share concepts with you and give you an action plan or a game plan so that you can get, um, you can research your strategy. So we're going to give you a game plan for Medicare. We're going to give you a game plan for Social Security. And we're going to tie in long-term care with that. We're going to introduce you to long-term care because there's a lot of misconception there. So let's go to social security planning. Remember, we talk about this. There are so many ways. There are so many ways to calculate what's the best for social security. So if you're not evaluating or whoever is guiding you is not sharing with you, and one, one other thing I want to mention, and you hear me talk about this, sometimes individuals are contacting the Social Security Administration or even Medicare to get guidance. And then when you don't get the proper guidance, you're beating them up. I, I just want to encourage you. The people at Social Security and Medicare, they are not financial guides. Their purpose there is to let you know what you're eligible for, what you're not eligible for. They're not there to help you to make decisions. It's, not, it's, not, it's just not their job. So when you're asking Sally to help you, Sally cannot help you to make a decision. She will tell you what your benefit amount is. What is it that this will cost you or what that will cost you? Whether it's um, Social Security, they'll talk to you about your Part B. She'll tell you what your Part B is based on your income. But she cannot tell you that it's better if you take it at 62, 66, or 70. You need professional guidance for that. Okay, so I just want to encourage you on that. The Social Security Administration, the staff at Social Security Administration cannot help you with that. Likewise, with Medicare, you call a Medicare office or you even go online. Their job is not to help guide you. They're not guides. So Medicare will tell you, okay, are you eligible? Yes. And you can sign up for original Medicare. And yes, you're going to pay 20%. You, you know, you're going to pay 20%. Social Security is going to pay 80%. They can't tell you if it's best for you because they don't know your personal situation. Remember, you can't make these decisions because your neighbor said this or your neighbor said that. Your neighbor's situation is different from yours. Okay? So I just wanted to get that out the air and just share that with you. So talking about Social Security planning, I know sometimes last year, last month, not last month, last week I shared a number with you and I knew it probably floored some of you in that. I says, sometimes there are more than 5,000 ways to calculate how to take Social Security. And I'll just share with you, I'm not going to go deep dive, but I'm just telling you 
when you're when you're evaluating this, the person that's doing this is supposed to be telling you your different options. And this is a professional now. Remember, not the person at Social Security. So there's a different calculation for spouse. If you have a spouse, there's a different calculation. There's a different calculation if you're if you're divorced. If you were divorced, remember I said to you that if you were married and divorced, but if you were married for 10 years, there are options for you that you may not know without professional guidance. Survivor planning. If you had a spouse, if you had a spouse and your spouse died, and it's so interesting, it's not just your current spouse. If you were married, if you were married for 10 years and that spouse that you were married to died, there are benefits that you can also get. So all of these calculations, then you have something called WEP, GPO planning. So you also have to evaluate that because remember, there are some jobs that, you know, like with the railroad and so forth, that they did not take social security that comes under different planning. So then you have break even. You have calculator that will evaluate your break even. You also have whereas some people will be collecting the social security, but the social security is not for living expense. The social security may be for estate planning. So what that is, then you need to calculate for reinvestment. Yeah, you have calculator, whereas if you're going to reinvest the social security, then you're also going to have retirement spending. So all of those that I've just shared with you, there are different calculations. So if someone, if you're not, if you're not evaluating all of that, then you may be, you may be leaving some money on the table. So, Starting out, it starts out whether you're single or whether you're married, because the same decision that a single person makes is not the same decision that a married person will make. So keep that in mind. Remember, we are live. We're in the studio. Call us with your questions. Today, we're talking about Social Security, Medicare, and we're going to introduce you to long-term care. The number, toll-free, 888-221-8990, 888-221-8990, local, 772-221-1100, 772-221-1100. All right, so back to what we're saying. So it starts out whether you're single or that you are married because there are different ramifications for the married person. We have a caller on the line, so we're going to get this caller and see if we can help this caller. Hello, caller. Yes. Hi, this is Reva. Thank you again for the classes that you're running on the financial help to all of us that's listening in. Um, my question is about Medicare. Yes. I had a, I had a similar problem when I retired. I retired early because I was doing something that I felt God wanted me to do. So yes. I retired from the public school. I was a teacher in the public school, and I retired as soon as I turned. When Once you turn 62, you can retire from the school board. So yes. I retired at 62 
to pursue something else. And I didn't take my retirement right away. Um, so I was, and, and I cashed out my 401k because I had to take care of some bills. So around three years into my retirement, I realized I needed to apply for Social Security. And so I was very ignorant. That's a good word, ignorant, not illiterate, but <laughs> ignorant of the system or undereducated, you know, illiterate people think they can't read and write. So undereducated, not informed or unschooled. <laughs> All those synonyms are good when you're talking about people who don't really know much about the fin- the financial side of their lives. Yes. And so um, I went to the Social Security office in West Palm Beach, and they were not nice. They were not nice because, I, like I said, I was on school. I didn't know, and they treated me like I was a criminal. The man couldn't believe that I had cashed out my 401K, and he kept <laughs> saying, I must have more money. And I said, I don't have any money, and I only have Social Security left, and he didn't believe me. And I had to go back to the school district and get a whole lot of paperwork to prove to him. And I think I was penalized because of it because I never got the school district every year they give you an amount that you that you can cash in for social security. I never ever got that amount because he didn't he honestly didn't believe me and I didn't know what else to tell him and so I wanted to know is there any kind of remedy when when you feel like you were je- you were sabotage or je- you know because I just felt like he didn't believe me and so he allotted me the lowest, you know, the lowest he could possibly give to me, I guess, I don't know how that works out. So I never, ever felt like I got what I was supposed to get from the start. And then, so now I'm in, I'm in my fifth year of retirement, and this is my third year getting Social Security. And so I am just now seeing increments each year, but it never it it's still not the amount that I that that when I started out that I should have gotten. Okay, does, very, does that make any sense? Very, to you? Yes, I mean, it's, what I'm telling you. Does, yeah, it's a very interesting point you made, um, River. And and yeah. here's the, here's the thing, and and this is this is a great point you're making for the other listeners also. Remember, right. irrespective of this gentleman, how kind or unkind he may have been. Remember the right. the decisions that he's making and he's making for right. you. It's not a right. it's not a personal attack on you because he can only go by what's in the system. He can only go right. by what's in the system. So he cannot say, "Well, I'm gonna allot this to Reva and to Joan. I'm gonna allot this." He cannot do that. Okay. So what about what about what I got that I showed him? Because I had a printout. You know how you get a printout and it shows how many years you've paid into the Social Security system and everything? I had one of those with all the years of where I worked, what I earned, and what I paid in. And he, But he kept telling me that I am getting another income. And I kept telling him I am not. And he didn't believe me. So I don't know how he calculated, but he told me that he was going to have to calculate it at its lowest because um, 
I unless I can prove and I went to the school board and got all the information to show them that I did cash out my 401k that I had to use my money to pay my foreclosure on my house and you know take care of other bills and that I did not I was not receiving a pension that's the word I I forgot to use that word he thought that I was getting a pension along with my social security and I was not because I had cashed out my pension you understand yeah and and your situation Riva and you can contact me you know you have contacted me yeah. and I'll work with you and guide you on that because what is happening there okay. there can be some miscommunication because what can happen sometimes you may have your printout for your 35 years and what will yeah. happen in a case like that you can contact them or you go there you make an appointment and what they'll do, they'll have a social security specialist sit down with yeah. you, evaluate, I did that. evaluate what I did. you. I, I, no, no, I went to the social security office almost every week because they kept sending me back. I went back to the school district. I came back. I had that. I I had days when I sat there from morning until evening. I mean, it's it was it's very dehumanizing the whole process. And, um, you know, you just sit there and you see all these people who are on drugs and whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking, I put in all these years and paid my Social Security and I'm being thrown around like a wet rag. But needless to say, I'm just saying, is there any way, what, is there any way that you can alter that or you, are you stuck? Are you always going to be stuck with what went down from that? Or is there any way that you can reevaluate your status well it starts should be getting it starts with the social security so if you go there and you feel like you're not being treated properly or whatever then you 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 go to a different office you ask for a different manager i did yes yes i did that you know what i started out working in new york and then i moved to florida so i actually went online and spoke to someone I believe it was New York I called the Social Security office in New York when I gave them my so because I have a New York Social Security number so when I gave them the number the lady was so kind she was nice she was on the phone she said son 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 we'll take care of it no problem and the story I got your 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 situation Reva is an unusual situation so I would recommend okay. that you contact me and we speak about it where we can go into the okay. detail but okay. your your situation is an unusual situation that's not the normal practice so I apologize okay. I apologize for what has <laughs> happened to you but your situation is not normal because the person yeah. the person cannot make a decision outside of what's in the computer. And that is factual. Yeah. So if a decision was made that way, it's a little bit baffling to me. And I would love to learn more. So please yeah. contact me. You have my information. Contact me and right. we can and we right. can speak one on one about that. OK. 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 Very good. Thank Thanks for you. calling. Thanks for calling, Reva. Uh, OK. So, folks, you heard. Okay, we have another caller. Let's go to this other caller. Hello, caller. You're on the line. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, I'm going to be a regular caller. I called you last Friday as well. Okay. Thank you. I'm okay, glad to know I, I have regular not students. I have all my questions today. I do have a question that is pertaining to 
Social Security pension. I did uh, pull my retirement. I did retire at an earlier age of 63. And last week you told me that now I have no rights to have of my, my husband's pension when, you know, the time comes by or whatever. So uh, my, my next question to you in that direction now, since I did retire early and I left all, all this money on the table, would, would Social Security allow me to have his pension upon his death? Repeat, repeat that last part. I didn't hear that last part clear. Okay. I, I'm already retired. I retired at age 63. Yes. Which is uh, was something that I mistake that I made. Now that I'm not um, uh, eligible for benefits under, um, under my husband, I'd like to know if Social Security would allow me to have uh, collect his pension or part of it upon his death when he died. Yes, that's a great question. What happens there, and I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail about that. What happens there when two people, when two people are married, upon the death of one spouse, upon the death of one spouse, what Social Security does is that the spouse with the higher earnings, say for instance, if your husband benefits was higher than yours, is higher than yours, and he dies, then what happens, then they change your benefit and you start collecting his benefit if his was higher than yours. But if yours is higher than his, then you will still um, collect yours. One of the confusion there, sometimes people will think that, well, oh, my husband or my wife is dead, so no, I'm getting both benefits. No, that's not true. Nobody get the two benefits. You get the higher of the two. So yes, if your husband's is higher, then upon his death, if he passes before you, then your Social Security benefit will change to his. Even though I did retire at an earlier age? Yes. Yes, it doesn't oh, matter thank then. Thank God, it, I'll be able to pay my mortgage. <laughs> it, do, it, it, it doesn't matter then because... Oh, my gosh, okay. Yes. So you, I don't have to sell my rent. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to sleep much better from now on. <laughs> All right, no problem. Well, you thank you. Well, well you know... I appreciate it. Uh-huh. You, you know how to contact us. If you have any further questions, you can always go to the website, financialeducational.com. Uh-huh. And you can put your questions in there, and we'll certainly get back to you if you have. I'm any- not very, I'm not very good with computers, and I, uh, I, I grasp better what's told to me when I speak to someone. So from now on, I think I have like two or three more questions, but I'm gonna write them down so when I call, I'll have them straight. But this one, I really needed to start sleeping better. Okay. All right, and if you, if you if when you call, if you leave your number, then I can call you back. You know, I can I can call you back and then help you through whatever questions you may have. Okay. My number is there, but I'm I'm gonna have to put the questions together first, and then I will I'll be getting. The, are you there every Friday? Every Friday at four p.m. Yes. Excellent. Then next Friday we're gonna be talking again. All right, you take thank, care. Thank you. Be blessed. You too. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So, folks, as you have just heard from the two previous callers, and I hope and I thank them for calling because every time someone calls and they have a question or they share an experience, it's something that we all can learn from. 
like the first caller, Miss Reva, I'm not sure what is going on there, but there's a, that's a strange situation whereas because the person at the Social Security Administration, they can only calculate your benefits based on what's in the computer. But what I have seen happen is that someone may work, someone may work, and they have their earnings record, and for whatever reason, whatever reason, the earning records differ from what they have in the Social Security for different reasons. Sometimes it's a married couple and then it should be on one person, but it's on the other. It should be on the wife and then it goes on to the husband by error or whatever situation like that. But there's always a solution in cases like that. Whereas once you have your earning records, so I admire that caller for having her earning records so when she contacts us, we'll be able to give her some insights. You know, unfortunately, the good part about it is you have different social security offices and you're dealing with people. At the end of the day, you're dealing with people. You may go to one office and that person may be friendly and you go to another office, it may not be friendly. And I apologize for them, but you're dealing with people. It's personalities. You're dealing with different personalities. I'm not making any excuses for them, but you're dealing with personalities. So so, so that's one situation. The other caller now, what was so important, and I want you guys to know that, is that sometimes you make these decisions. Sometimes you make these decisions, and it's a wrong decision. And as I said, when that decision was made more than 12 months ago, it's just hard. You just, you, you just stuck with it. But what happened, why I keep saying 12 months, and I've shared this with you before, if that decision, if say someone claims, right, if they file for their benefits, and after they've been getting Social Security for 10 months, just use that as an example, if that person realizes that they made a mistake, they can actually correct it. But here's the challenge. That money, that they can suspend their filing. But here's the challenge. That money that they got for the 10 months, they will have to refund it to the Social Security Administration. And many times, if someone has gotten 10s, can you imagine someone getting 2500 a month and they have now gotten $25,000? And for them to suspend that filing, they have to replace that 25000 Sometimes it's just not easy for someone to find that $25,000. But you can. You can suspend it up to 12 months. I'm not sure if after 12 months you can. I'll double check on that. But I know up to 12 months you can definitely suspend it. So I'm hoping that you guys are learning from the mistakes of others because it says wisdom. Wisdom is when you can learn from the mistake of others where you don't have to repeat some of those mistakes. Okay? So I thank you guys. We're in the studio live. 888-221-8990, 888-221-8990, local 772-221-1100. We are in beautiful Palm City, Florida at WCNO.com, the, the good news station. Wow, it's a good news station. They, they provide, this is like I, I keep reminding you that a wise person seek good counsel. And coming to WCNO, you have 
good counsel. So basically, so we teach a gospel, we teach financial education, we'll te- but your Friday is at 4 p.m. This is your class for the next six months. So get your pen, get your paper, because we're going to share some numbers with you in a few minutes. So as I was saying, when you're starting Social Security, when you're evaluating, because most people, you're eligible to start at age 62. If you are, if you're, if, you know, age 62, if you have been in the system for 10 years, you're going to be eligible for Social Security. You're going to be eligible for Medicare. Medicare starts at 65 but it needs 10 years in the system. So it's called 40 credits. You have to be working in America for 10 years. But when you're starting, it's not a one, two, three decision because first you have to evaluate, am I single? Am I married? Because the decision is different. So when you start, there are questions. So you need professional guidance where the person will is going to ask you, give you a questionnaire where, you know, your name, date of birth, stuff like that, still working. Do you plan to still work? Your expected date of retirement. Were you married? Were you married? How long were you married? Minor children. Do you have minor children? Because sometimes your, your minor children are also eligible for benefits your current income, your current assets, all of these things factor into you making the decision. Another thing, what's your health? Yeah, what's your health? Are you healthy? What's the life expectancy? What's the, what's the history of your family? So all of these things you go through to make that decision. You can't just make that decision because someone says to you, well, I'm now 62, I am going to take it because I, I, I want to make sure I get my money now. You cannot just look at that, folks, because there's a risk. There's a risk that most people don't talk about in the financial world. A lot of times in the financial world, you'll, you'll hear market risk, right? Look what's happening in the market now. The market has dropped 3,000 points in the last three days, or last four days, rather. So financial risk, most people know about market risk. People know about inflation risk. But there's a risk that people are not talking about. And baby boomers is the first generation that's dealing with this risk. And that risk is longevity risk. And you're like, wow, what's that? Longevity risk. Longevity risk is based on your life expectancy. Are you going to outlive your money or are you, is your money going to outlive you? Because here's the thing. Remember the study that I shared with you. There's a study that by 2050, there will be 4 million centenarians. Centenarians are people that are 100 years old. And by 2050, there will be 4 million of them. So what is happening there is that because of medical, medical um, science, people are living longer. But living longer comes with a cost. Because 
That same study that says that there are going to be 4 million centenarians, it also says that 99% of them would have run out of money. Yeah, 99% of them would have run out of money. So you ask yourself, what does a country or a government do with 3,600,000 people who, who have run out of money? Do you see what I'm talking about? So we're going to talk about some of the reasons why that is happening. It's how you're taking your social security is one of them. Because if you take your social security, and we're going to share an example. So I ran a scenario on a couple just to just put some numbers. And we ran over 5,000 scenarios for a married couple. And I'm just going to give you the profile. Right? We won't give you the name to save the innocent. So you have a male who is 63. The female is 65. Right? 63, 65. All right. Their primary insurance for the male is primary insurance is called pre full retirement age. That's that social security that you take for where it is for some people. It's 66 and some people it's 67. So in this case, it was 2,333 for the husband and the female wife was 1,750,000. And their life expectancy for the male was 84, for the female was 87. So I'm just giving you a brief example. So we ran and our software ran over 5,000 scenarios. And he came up with the four best. And check out the four best. What's the difference? All right. If the husband at 63 claim February 2020 and the wife at 65 claims February 2020, the husband gets 1,866, the wife gets 1,614. And not to bore you with the numbers. So with the four situations, listen to the difference. Over their lifetime, their benefits, their nominal benefit, claim early with with the with both claiming early. Over their lifetime, they would have received one point two one eight million. That's one million two hundred eighteen thousand. Then the next one, if the wife claims early and the husband claim later, then together they would have gotten one million three hundred eighty-two thousand. The next scenario, if both of them claim at their full retirement age, 1,323,000. But if you were taking notes, listen to what I says. If both claim at their full retirement age, they actually get less money than if the wife claims early and the husband claims later. So do you see the complexity of what we're talking about? So it cannot be where I think I should claim early, my husband claim later, or my husband claim. You cannot do it without the software calculation because you have so many mathematical calculation. It's not something that someone can just say from their mind, right? But And the next one, the maximum benefit is one million four fifty seven. That is if both of them claim at age 70. So with the scenarios I just shared with you, there's a gap 
from 1,218,000 to 1,457,000. So there's a gap of 239,000, folks. That's a quarter million dollars. Quarter million dollars. If you make the right decision, you're making a quarter million dollar decision. And I'm going to share with you now how it affects because we're going to talk about Medicare now. So I'm going to dive into Medicare and, and, and share some cautionary things with you. Remember, we're still in the studio. Toll free, 888-221-8990, 888-221-8990, local 772-221-1100. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA. SOFA's mission is to bring financial literacy across America, one community at a time. And we have started with this community. So you can call us in the studio. We're live. If you rather not call, you can go on the website, financialeducational.com. Com, financialeducational.com. You put your question there and we will certainly get back to you with that answer. Okay, Medicare. All right, here's this confusion with Medicare. There's a big, there's a big confusion with Medicare also. Medicare, you're eligible at 65, right? Yes, you're eligible at 65 unless there's disability and so forth. So we're, you know, that's another discussion outside of this scope. But on an average, you're eligible for Medicare at 65 if you have been working in the system for 10 years. All right, we know that. So let's put that part to bed. But here's the challenge now. You get to 65 if you're in the system for 10 years or more, you get automatically enrolled into Part A, we got that. Check that box. Automatically enrolled into Part A. But Part B, you have to enroll in Part B. Yes, Part B is for the doctors. And someone may say, and here's another confusing part, because I'm telling you folks, it is so complex. You may say, well, I'm enrolled in Part A, so if I go to the hospital, then I'm covered. Ah, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Why? You go to the hospital, right? And you go to the emergency room. So that doctor that you're meeting in the emergency room, that doctor actually works for the hospital. So that doctor is called a hospitalist. That doctor fee is covered under the hospital fee. You got that part. So the emergency room doctor is the hospitalist. So you're covered for that doctor. But if you get if you get admitted in that hospital now, here's what's happening now. Based on your situation what you got admitted for, you are getting medical care from doctors. You're like, wow, if I'm getting medical care from a doctor in the hospital, then it's covered under the hospital. No, the doctor that's treating you because of your ailment may be an independent doctor of the hospital. 
So you'll go to a hospital and sometimes you get three, four different bills. Because you may see a specialist here, a specialist there. Three different specialists comes into your room and you're thinking that everything is under the hospital. No, the three doctors that don't work for the hospital, they're independent, then their bill is separate. Folks, I know that it's confusing. So here it is now. You're 65. You, you didn't enroll in Medicare Part B. So Medicare pays your Part A bill. But your Part B bill wasn't paid. Because you didn't enroll in Part B. So you don't have any medical coverage for the doctor. That bill becomes your personal bill. Yes, I know it's confusing. So here it is now. You didn't enroll in Medicare Part B. So then you decide now when you get this bill that you're going to enroll in Medicare Part B. Guess what? If you are late, if you did not enroll in Medicare Part B in time, then now you have a 10% penalty for 10% penalty for, per year for the time you did not enroll. And it gets worse. You did not enroll in Part D, which is for the drugs. So what Part D now is because you did not enroll at time, now you have a penalty of 1% per month that you were late. So check this out, folks. So you were late 12 months in enrolling in both Part B and Part D. Look what's happening. You have a 10% penalty for Part B and you have a 12% penalty for Part D because it's 1% per month and you were late by 12 months. So you have 12% penalty for Part D. You have 10% penalty for Part B. Wow. Folks, this is what's happening. You need guidance. You need guidance. And remember, last week I introduced you to a lady, Irma. Irma, a lot of people have not heard much about Irma. When I said Irma, people think I'm talking about the hurricane that came two years ago in Florida. No, this is a different Irma. And this Irma is worse than the hurricane. And you may say to me, how can it be worse? Listen, Irma came and she was gone in four days. This Irma that we're talking about is going to be around for your lifetime. Yes, got to be wrong for your lifetime because what is happening, a lot of people hear part B and they think that, well, for 2020, that everybody pays $144.60 per month. No, that's not true. $144.60 is the minimum. Nobody pays less than that. That's the minimum. But you have people paying up to $500 for Part B premium. Yes. So Irma is is an abbreviation for income-related monthly adjustment amount. So your income is going to determine what you're going to pay for Part B. So folks, 
I want to tell you that's what's going on there. So you need professional guidance. So please, when you're going to make these decisions, speak to your accountant. If your accountant don't know, speak to your advisor. But please, please, folks, don't. You heard the lady earlier. The Social Security Administration cannot guide you. The people at Medicare cannot guide you. They cannot make your decision for you. They don't know your goals. They don't know your life history. They don't know your story. They don't know your plans. Please seek professional guidance. I just shared a couple with you, whereas if they made an incorrect decision, they could be leaving 239000 on the table. Yeah, so you need that. So, so we're going to go into another one. We're wrapping up now. I, I tell you, these, these hour, I think this is, the fa- this is the fastest hour in the week. Fridays at 4 p.m. Fridays at 4 p.m. It's your educational, your financial education. Remember, we are still in the studio. Toll free, 888-221-8990. Local, 772-221-1100. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA and a member of SOFA. So for the Society for Financial Awareness, we're bringing financial awareness to this community. You can also reach us on the web, financialeducational.com, financialeducational.com. So I told you in the last 10 minutes we have, I'm going to introduce you now to something else, which we're going to pick up. We're going to pick up that on next week, but I want to introduce it to you. So here's a myth are a misconception, whichever terminology you prefer. Here's what's going on. Medicare. So people heard all their life, Medicare. Medicare covers medical. Yes and no. Yes and no. And you may say, but what do you mean yes and no? I've been paying Medicare. I've been paying into Medicare all my life. Oh, Medicare is going to cover everything. No. Medicare is not going to cover everything. If you make the wrong decision in filing for Medicare, you're going to be stuck with paying 20% of the bill and Medicare is going to pay 80%. And you may say, well, oh, that's not bad. Really? It's not bad? It's not bad if it's $1,000. If it's $1,000 and Medicare pays $800 and you pay $200, then that's not so bad, right? But what if the bill is a hundred thousand? We have another caller. Let's see if we can help this caller. Caller, you're on the line. Yes, I have a question. Um, I'm trying to find out the benefit of a Medicare supplemental versus a regular uh, Medicare Advantage plan. What's uh, the the? Uh-huh. All right, that's what I'm about to talk about. Your question is so oh. great. So this is what okay. I'm this is what I'm about to talk about. If I don't touch on what you, what your questions, then you can leave your number and I'll call you back. But this I am just about to talk about that. <laughs> great, okay. Great, great, All right. Great I just question. tune in because I'm driving, so I just tune in and I wanted to know that. Thank great you. question. I'm gonna address it right now. I was just heading there. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Okay. So that caller is prompting this. This is where we are. We're going to talk about that now because if you make the wrong decision with Medicare because you can be ending up paying 
and Medicare paying 80%. So if you're paying a tow, if the bill is a thousand dollars, just use for easy calculation, and Medicare pays 80%, then they are paying 800 and you're paying 200. But what if that bill is a hundred thousand? I'm hearing crickets. If that bill is a hundred thousand, folks, Medicare is paying eighty thousand. Do you know what's your responsibility? Twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars because you made the wrong decision. So this leads me now into what the caller just called about. Because there are there are three ways to take Medicare. Three ways, mostly three ways. You have original Medicare, which is 80-20. Medicare pays 80% and you pay 20%. Then you also have something called Medicare Advantage, where Medicare Advantage is provided by private insurance company like Humana, Cigna, different companies. When you see all of those insurance companies, health insurance companies, they provide that and it's subsidized by the Medicare because what is happening since you're not on original Medicare, Medicare reimburses those insurance companies. So some of those companies may have a premium, some may not have a premium for the Medicare, Medicare Advantage. And one of the beautiful things with Medicare Advantage is that then you're not subjected to the 20%. It's not 80-20 anymore. But what you have to be careful of, there's something called maximum out-of-pocket, whereas you may have to pay a certain deductible before you're getting full coverage. So in some cases, the maximum out-of-pocket may be seven, dollars $8,000. So you have to pay seven, $8,000 before your full coverage drops in, right? So we got that. And then you also know you have something called Medicare Supplement. This is what the caller calls to come for me to compare Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement. Medicare Supplement now, all Medicare Supplement now comes with an additional premium, it comes with an additional premium, but this is where you have to evaluate your benefits with the premium. One of the great plus with Medicare, with, with, with Medicare supplement, is that when you have a Medicare supplement, you can go to any doctor, any hospital in America that accepts Medicare. So this why why I say to you, it has to be a personal decision because if you're a person who travels a lot, you travel to different states, you have grandchildren in this state, grandchildren in this state, you're traveling to New York, you're traveling to California, you're traveling all over the country, you got to be careful about the kind of Medicare plan you have because if you have Medicare Advantage and you have original Medicare then it only covers your Medicare area because if you live in a certain area, that's what it covers. Like in Palm Beach County, you have plan that only covers Palm Beach County. If you're in Broward County or you're in Dade County or you're in Martin County, then it's just different. 
So these are all the factors you have to think of. Travel, international travel, no, it's another story. Because if you're going to travel outside of America, then original Medicare and Medicare Advantage does not cover that. Does not. But a Medicare supplement should cover it. And you notice I said should cover it because it depends on which type of Medicare supplement you get. You have different Medicare supplement plan. You have plan A, B, C, you have F. Well, F is discontinued this year and you have G, you have N. So folks, with me saying all of that, do you see why you need a professional? So I encourage you. Go on the internet, find someone who can guide you, but make sure that you get guidance. So with the last five minutes we have now, I want to clear up a confusion that's out there. I started on it with Medicare. People think that Medicare covers all their Medicare medical expense. Well, I just shared with you that it doesn't. It depends on what you choose. And even if you choose correctly, you still have another challenge. Guess what? Long-term care. I just spoke to you about longevity risk. Longevity risk is long-term care. So what do you do regarding long-term care? Someone may say to me, I, I, can't, I cannot tell you how many times I hear it. Oh, I won't need long-term care? How do you know that? How do you know? Genworth, and you can go on Google and find it. Genworth is an insurance company. Genworth does a survey every year of long-term care costs in America. And one of the studies has shown that if someone, one out of every two persons, folks, this is 50%, 50% of Every person 65 or older, one out of the two of those people will need long-term care. Folks, let's that sink into you. One out of every two. That means what it's saying on an average, if you're a married couple, one of you going to need long-term care. So how do you solve that? How do you solve the long-term care problem? It's not easy. So you have things that you can do. There's long-term care insurance, which is very expensive. But let me share with you one of the studies that Genworth does. I just want to share with you. I ran the number. I ran the number for our area. And I just want to share with you. So long-term care can be done with via home health care, adult day health care, assisted living facility, and nursing home care. So those are the four basic. Home health care is that it's basically you're going into a home and you're provided home health care. It's similar to assisted living. You notice none of that says about care in your home. Because a lot of times people think care, in, oh, mama or grandma going to stay in the home. Yes, but mama or grandma stay in the home. Who's going to be the caregiver? Who's going to take care of them? 
A lot of times we miss these things because we says, oh, somebody's going to take care of mama. Somebody's going to take care of mama or grandma. But here's the challenge. What if you are not able to? What if it's sophisticated? What if they need specialized care? Does the children have? This has put so much stress on so many families. So, folks, let me share with you some numbers. Home health care. This is all in our area, South Florida area. Homemaker services, $3,623 a month. Did you hear what I just said? $3,623 a month. Homemaker health aid, $3,813. Folks, that's more than the amount you're getting for Social Security. Adult day health care. Adult day health care, 1,463. But what kind of care are you going to get? Assisted living facility. Average, 3,250 per month. And I saved the words for last. I apologize. We're going to go into it more next week because we're getting ready to wrap up now. But let me give you this last number so you can soak in so that you know that you have to tune in next week. Nursing home. A lot of times people say, oh, you're going to put them in a nursing home. Really? You think you just go to the nursing home? A semi-private room in South Florida, a semi-private room is $9,657 a month. A semi-private room. A private room in South Florida on an average is $11,254 a month. Folks, that's $132,000 a year. I just want to drop that with you. Next week, we're going to go dive, deep dive into long-term care. We're just bringing this to you. We want you to be aware. This is Hubert McIntosh, your CPA, a member of SOFA, the Society for Financial Awareness, bringing you financial education across America one community at a time, and we are here in this community sharing with you for the next six months. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week, 4 p.m. at the same time, WCNO, the Good News Station. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us this week on the Financial Literacy Show, the show centered around providing financial education across America, one community at a time. Be sure to tune in next Friday at 4 p.m. with your questions ready to go. For more information, visit SOFAUSA.org. God bless you and have a great week.
I go return 